This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. Today, I'm bringing you an interview with U.S. Army veteran, entrepreneur, and host of the Vertical Momentum Podcast, Richard Kaufman. Today, he's going to discuss the lessons that he's learned through facing adversity and even some of the lessons he's learned from his mentor, Gary V. I'm excited to bring this to you. It's a little bit of a longer episode, but in the next month, I'm going to be bringing more veteran entrepreneurs, business owners to share their stories with you so that you can take some of their lessons learned and apply them to your business on day one. So sit back and relax. It's a great conversation. So Richard, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. I got to get up. I, I, Lord, let me wake up this morning. I got to be get another day to be a husband and a father, and I get to hang out with you this morning. I can't lose. This is a great day. I would agree. Um, earlier, we were talking about the fact that it's raining, and you know, it's always looking for the positives in it. So, as you'd mentioned, it's if it's not raining, we're not training. I'll say in this case, if it's not raining, we're not recording. So that's that's true, and I, you know, and you got to love it because without Without the rain, there can't be any rainbows, right? That is absolutely true. Um, so our guest today, Richard Kaufman, you've got an interesting uh, hashtag I saw on one of your shirts, uh, the Comeback Coach. Yep. No. And we we can all thank Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk for that. He's the one that started the Comeback Coach. So you have the hashtag Comeback Coach. You have a podcast. Um I saw a post the other day that you had a number one book on Audible. Uh, you're, you're a man of many things and mysteries, it seems. So, I guess I'm just a guy that just don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So now I just try to, because there's so many different ways to help veterans. And some people don't, you know, some people read books, some people watch podcasts. So I, I want to hit whichever way I can, I can hit that they'll be able to, you know, get, get my message. All right. So. Now, the group that we met in is for a veteran entrepreneurs um, space. So tell me a little bit about where you're from, and then we can jump into uh, your service and then what you're doing now. Okay. I'm from New Jersey, um, dirty Jersey. And I've, I've lived here, and then I moved away and joined the military, spent 23 years in the military, National Guard, Army time, uh, retired here in New Jersey. And now um, I was running a, a million-dollar-a-year general nutrition center until I got injured, and I went blind. So for the last uh, two years, I've been blind, now starting to come back a little bit. So that's when I started the podcast. To, to keep myself busy and occupied. And now the podcast has become something bigger than I ever thought it would become. Now it's become a movement. And that's always a beautiful thing when you're able to create the tribe um, that all has a similar mission. Um, some I'm working on myself. So that's fantastic. What, what do you talk about on your podcast? I have people that are anywhere from authors to athletes, to veterans, to psychologists, to police officers, anybody that has an interesting story and anybody that has come back, whether, you know, in life or in business, anybody, we talk about a lot about resilience. So mm -hmm. anybody that's struggled, but has came out through the other side. Okay. 
Now, one of the questions that I picked up from another podcast, uh, Mike Ritland's Mic Drop podcast, was what is your morning routine and why? Morning routine. Uh, I got my morning routine from a gentleman. Uh, his name is Mr. John McCaskill, retired Navy SEAL commander, author of the book Embrace the Suck. Um, he got me into getting up every morning as soon as my eyes open and I can actually see because I was blind for a while. Mm-hmm. to give to the Lord above. And then I go out on the couch and I actually just lay there for 15 minutes and meditate and, and just think of my day and just having a, you know, 15 minutes of gratitude without the phone, without any of that. Then I get up and I kiss my wife. I, I kiss my bride. I kiss my daughter, take my daughter to school. And then I go do an hour and a half of cardio, mostly walking, and I listen to um, Audible podcasts. I'm actually listening to um, right now Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. So I'm always I'm always trying to learn. And then I come back and I do an hour uh, hour of reading. I got 13 books going now. So uh, I do my hour hour and a half of reading. That's when I then I start doing my podcast uh, episodes, either editing, putting them out, or booking guests. So and then the rest of the day, it's all about the podcast until dinner time with the wife. So I, I'm a full-time podcaster now. That's, it's a good way to make an impact. I've found, you know, even in the short time that I've been doing this, um, getting messages back from people that they appreciated the content, that they learned something new, whether it's a skill or even just that they're not alone with something, you know, just creating that awareness. I found that, especially after the, you know, transition out of the Marine Corps, I had, that just knowing that you're not the only person that's had something happen, you know, has an intrinsic value to it. And that that's fantastic. Um, now with all that reading, have you done any of the Jim quick reading things or are you doing it old school? Like I am. I'm just old school. I'm an old school guy, but um, you know, in in one of the tribes that, that I'm in, you know, the veteranpreneur tribe, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Stephen, Stephen Kuhn and uh, Lane Ballone, have an amazing book out called the humble alpha. But what I do is I take, I read one page out of each book every day. So all 13 books, I'm getting one page. So I'm not reading the whole thing, but I'm getting a little bit of everything. So that that's my thing. Cause I mean, if I was going to read every book, it would take me all day just to read. But if I'm getting, Mm -hmm. you know, 13 pages of, you know, uh, positiveness every day, five days a week, then I'm eventually something's got to stick. So that's, that's how I learn. I'm always been a learner. I'm a ninth grade dropout, but I've read over 5,000 books and I'm, I'm just a a book addict. Yeah. I think the next evolution in education is going to be the fact that everything that you want to learn is available from a source outside of the education system currently. Um, like actually behind me, I have a book called Reframing Organizations. It was one of my textbooks when I was at UConn in the Entrepreneurship Institute. And it was a great book for 1991. The problem is I took the course in 2011. And like I've learned more from, you know, the book Scrum, for example, or reading about Lean Six Sigma in the business world than I learned using my GI bill at UConn learning about those things. So I think you actually might be ahead of the curve on this one. So, well, you know, like for me, you know, like everybody loves Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. So do I, 
but I wanted to know where he got his knowledge. So I went back to, to listen to the autobiography of Mr. Dale, Dale Carnegie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going back to the 1900s to excel in the 2020s. Yeah, no, and his, his golden book was really solid. So I yeah. have a copy of it over there too. Um, so that's a lot of the questions. Now, what did you do in the National Guard? So well, the first time I got it, I was in the regular army from 86 to 2000, no, 86 to 88. Mm-hmm. I was 19 kilo, which was a tank tanker. Okay. Uh, and I got thrown out of the regular army for being a drug addict and alcoholic. Okay. Then when I got back in the military, I joined as an 11 Bravo and then um, almost got thrown out a second time, but 9-11 saved my life. And, but then I went, they, after I almost got thrown out the second time, um, I changed my whole career because of 9-11. And, um, that's when I decided to become a super soldier. So I went to every class they ever offered me. So if they want me to reclass, sure, I'm going to, whatever you want me to do. So I actually went to, uh, 19 Delta school, whatever classes they wanted to go to. So, you know, I, I, I went to every single class and if they wanted to reclassify me 10 times, I would have went just so I can become, you know, get as many uh, credentials as I, as I can behind me. And, and eventually I became soldier of the year uh, and a non-commissioned officer after 23 years. Well, I think that ties back into the comeback coach a little bit, because that's that mindset of facing the adversities and then finding a way to rediscover yourself to be, you know, in the Marines, we used to call it Semper Gumby, always flexible. So being flexible in order to, push and progress in the career so it's the reason why everything happened with the comeback coach because i actually got to meet and hang out with gary for a while and he asked well what are you about and i said you know i've come back from drug addiction alcoholism homelessness ptsd tbi uh blindness and he's like and and i was working with gnc at the time so i was Mm -hmm. actually working with guys from the nfl major league baseball wwe coaching them up to get them healthy again he's like so you're the comeback coach right and i was like i guess so if you say it i guess i am so he's the one that started the whole comeback coach he's the one that's you know for the book he's the one that started the podcast so it all goes back to mr gary Boehner chuck and what attracted you to gary because there's two trains of thought on you know the hustle grind mentality versus like being able to really focus on having the balance and allowing, you know, the holistic self to push forward. So what, what drew you to Gary? Cause I, I've taken in a bunch of his content as well. Well, what happened was uh, as I was, you know, cause I got, I got hurt on duty blind in one eye. So they send you into a warrior transition unit mm-hmm. and I was there for about a year. And while everybody else was sitting there playing chess or cards, I was picking up self-development books. And I kept on hearing Gary, Gary's name, Gary's name, Gary's name. So one day I found out his father owns a liquor store here in Jersey. Mm-hmm. So I called his father. I said, when's Gary going to be there? He told me Wednesday. So I showed up when Gary was there and got a meeting and, and got to hang out with him. And that in a little bit. And that's and I mean, I, you know, I love Gary and, you know, I try not to do all the cursing stuff like that. But after a while, if you if you throw that away. 
he has a lot of great knowledge, you know, and, and like for me, the greatest thing he ever said was, you know, your legacy is, will always be more valuable than your currency. And that's the way I live my life now. I live all about legacy. So, and, and I like Gary, at least he's real. You know, you'll, you'll know that if he's having a bad day, he'll tell you, you know, one of his videos, you know, I'm, I'm having a really shitty day. So, you know, he's kind of real and he seems like somebody you can actually go to a Jets game with. I don't know if he'd want to go to a Jets game right now, but. I've, yeah, I've got a lot of friends that are Jets fans and I've personally wondered that for 2021, 10 years. Yeah. So. so that's his goal. He wants to buy the Jets. Well, it wouldn't, it would definitely be an improvement. Um, yeah, I don't, I haven't watched a football game this year. Um, just because I've been relaunching a lot of my business things. But like I used to watch it just because the AFC East, you know, we're from the Northeast and like they always find a way to grasp victory. Then let it go and just lose. It's yeah, I'm a dolphin, I'm a dolphins fan, so they've always killed us. So yeah. Most famous line for any dolphins fan is laces out. And it has nothing to do with the real football game, I think. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a dated reference, but yep. that's okay. That's okay. So, Richard, what would you want people to know about what you're doing now and like what's coming in the future from you? For me, it's all about letting people to know that the three most important words in the English language are today. I decide that you don't have to be the same person when you go to bed tonight as the same person that you woke up and you don't have to let your past define you. Your past does not have to dictate your future. So that, that's always, that's my biggest thing is, you know, coming from where I've come from doing what I'm doing now, most people, you know, didn't expect me to live past the age of 25 and now, you know, I'm 50, going to be 53 and now the things that I'm doing now. So I just want to let people know that, you know, you know, it's okay not to be okay. And you're not alone. You know, there's people out there like me and Mike and Ender. You know, we're, we're here to help you. We're going to take care of you. We got your back. That's fantastic. You know, it's a little bit of a pivot, but yesterday I was picking up some food for um, the family and I saw somebody from high school, which that's been 20 plus years for me now. And I actually regret the way the interaction went because when she was ringing me out, like, she's like, oh, well, you know, these negative things happen. Don't have kids. I just have the cat. And I was thinking to myself while shuffling food through, I had my son with me. It's like, okay. And the thing that I wished I'd told Lisa was, you know, this is only the first half of the game. Like to your point, you know, today I decide like tomorrow can make a pivot and change that. If you, yeah. to. you know, like yeah. my first job after I got back from Iraq was painting houses for 10 bucks an hour. And honestly, if I didn't get stiffed on my check, none of this would have happened. So, well, you, know, you know, like my, my mentor, Mr. Ed Milet, mm -hmm. always talked about, you know, things happen for you. They don't happen to you. And everything is a teachable moment. So if you look at life like that, but also if you change, like for me, you know, 
I just had to change some of my vocabulary. Like instead of me having to take the garbage out last night in the rain, I got to take out the garbage in the rain. Mm -hmm. Three miles away from here is where I used to live in my car eating out of garbage cans. So when you change the mindset of I have to till I get to, it kind of changes your whole perspective on life. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of science about the self-talk thing. It's something I I honestly work on, you know, that if you have negative self-talk for yourself, why would you expect anybody else to have a positive thing to say to you? It's, and again, work in progress. If, you know, the last perfect person I heard of got nailed up to a cross, you know, it's all work in progress. So that's, no, it's a very good lesson. And it's something that I think a lot of people get stuck in the day-to-day, like I have all these obligations. And to your point, instead of obligation, maybe opportunity is the better way to look at it. Yeah. Like after this, I have to make 30 some odd phone calls to different financial advisors or I can make 30 impactful conversations happen that will change the future of their client. Yeah. Cause there's somebody out there right now that, that as we're talking that wish they had your life mm-hmm. that are begging, pleading to have your life. And a lot of people don't realize that how, how you know, how good we actually have it. If we're, if we still have a heartbeat, that means we still have a purpose. Yeah. It's, and that's something I've tried to get across to people. Uh, my second deployment, I went to Djibouti, uh, Horn of Africa, it's Somalia, Ethiopia, yeah. that little piece in the middle. That's one of the biggest ports in the world, amazingly enough. Um, and we have a base there and we're doing base security. The people here, when they talk about poverty, they're talking about it in a relative basis. They're not talking about it in an absolute basis. Like when you're talking about the garbage cans in and out of that, in America, that that is struggle. That is hardship. In Africa, they don't even have the garbage can. Yeah. Like it's, and it really changed my perspective on like how there's a lot that could be worked on here. There's tweaks to make in any organization, but I mean, the comparative analysis is not even fair. If we're here, we're in a good spot. I mean, when you see, you know, a three-year-old kid that's sleeping on the side of a road, it's 140 degrees. There's baboons out there that will eat you. They're pretty wild. And you're sleeping on a piece of cardboard as a kid. And you have maybe a pair of flip-flops, maybe not, and an article of clothing, and that's it. It it really humbles you to think about, you know, the opportunity that we have here if we decide to take it. Um, I don't want to monopolize the time on this one. It's just, it was so impactful to me like when we built um, a school there and built their library so they could actually start to learn when we put in a solar powered well, so they had running water for the first time. Like it, it's just amazing the things that we have the blessings that we have and they just get taken for granted. And then we go on and complain about, I mean, I, I don't watch the news. So whatever's on the news, that's a big deal. It's really not that big. But I mean, in America, it's pretty, fun, uh, you know, amazing that, you know, you can just go out in your car 
pick people up and drive them everywhere and make money mm-hmm. out of nowhere. You know, and a lot of people that come from, like you said, from, you know, those other countries, even Europe, when they see, they come here, they, you know, we see a, a job that's paying $10 an hour and people are like, oh my God, I will never work for that. And they were making like $10 a month. And here they're so grateful, you know, they may not be making $20 an hour, but if they, they work, you know, 18 hours a day, they're going to make that money up and save that money. And I think a lot of it gets taken for granted in this country. No, you're right. It's, and I think that understanding what we have is an important way, especially if you're like, you talked about the troubles that you went through and then overcame. Um, I think just having that baseline understanding and gratitude, like you mentioned, starts to rewire the framework a little bit. Um, now, before we got started, uh, we started to talk about Project iHeart 22. And yeah. on the podcast, I'm going to be featuring a different veteran-owned business or nonprofit. And since you actually had one, instead of taking that to put one of the ones I have, I wanted to give you the floor for a little bit just to talk about what Project iHeart 22 does, you know, your relationship with it and a way that people can find out some more information about that. Well, it's, it was founded by a gentleman, uh, of course, a veteran that struggled with his own PTSD, um, uh, suicide survivor. And he decided to you know, start a um, place in, I think it's in uh, Paducah, Kentucky. Oh, yeah, I know Paducah. To where um, they're building a place where a veteran and their family can live for a year with no rent, no anything like that to get them back on their feet when they come either when they're either if they're struggling with, you know, PTSD or mental health issues, or when they first come home from, uh, you know, Iraq, Afghanistan or anything like that. So it's all about, you know, trying to save veterans lives. And, and eventually he wants to have where um, they come stay for a year, but they also have medical there. They have people on staff for medical, mental, and just help people, get on their feet because you know we believe that sometimes a hand up is better than a handout so that's what he's all about and it's project die hard 22 me i'm just a friend of the program i got no no skin in the game i mm-hmm. i don't make anything i'm not on the board i'm just a friend of the program and we're the official podcast of project die hard 22 so that's that's me and it just touched my heart because i know how it was being homeless and what it would be like if somebody would have done that for me. So that, that's why I promote them. And they're a, they're a, they are a licensed 5013C. So you can actually, he'll, he actually on, on the website actually shows their financials. So you don't have to worry about getting duped. Yeah. I, I remember some issues in the, our space a couple of years ago, but well, yeah. for another time, Richard, yeah. that was a good transition. Um, to talking a little bit about your podcast and how people can find you. Uh, well, I mean, my podcast is, is Vertical Momentum Resiliency Podcast. Okay, it's it's everywhere you can find it everywhere. And if people want to find out what what I'm up to, that's where I, they can either find me on you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just look up Vertical Momentum, and everything will pop up. And for me, um, I just have the book out. Uh, 
everything I make, because then I actually got hoodies, T-shirts, hats, books, all my proceeds go to help veterans. So I make no, I make zero dollars off my book. I make zero dollars off my hoodies and all everything. All them, all my proceeds go to help others. So for people to, that follow me, they know that this guy's a hundred percent real because he's turning down money to, you know, to, because people won't really, a lot of times people won't listen to you unless if they know that, you know, okay, well, he's being, he's just making money off of this. He's not care, He's not giving back. So uh, on purpose, well, I will start being, start making a little bit of money on, on January. Cause that's what me and Gary worked out. We worked out a three-year program, but, mm-hmm. but right now I'm not making anything and any money I do make goes back to veteran owned businesses. Like for my, my podcast, um, my, all my, graphics you know all my um, promotions everything is being promoted by veteran-owned businesses so everything goes back to helping others it's never about me it's, it's always for me it's about legacy it's not mm-hmm. about yeah that and that was actually one of the takeaways it's um was it your currency is not as important as your legacy is um what i picked up from that one uh also things that i picked up from today's conversation, Richard, uh, that somebody could implement immediately is instead of I have to, the gratitude way to look at it is I'm allowed to, I get to, I have the privilege of. And the last one was today I decide. I found that to be powerful because even me personally, I've been in a rut for a month and that was 30 individual decisions to not grow and feel the same way. And if people took your mindset of today, I decide that's going to be one small step to that future that they're looking for. And it's funny to say that because I tell my son every night when I put him to bed, when I talk about what I saw that he did that I was proud of him for, I talk about how I love him and how proud I am to be his dad. And then I go through those 1% everyday changes that are going to make him unrecognizable, you know, three years from now. And it's wild because basically that's a today I decide mindset just said with way too many words, evidently. So, well, the whole, if you have, if you have a second, if you don't mind, the whole today I decide thing is um, I was on a friend of mine's podcast, Forging Life podcast with Trey, with Trey. And it was, and I told my story of the day that I attempted suicide in Memorial Day 2012. So I recorded it and put it on YouTube and it went viral. And that's when I decided that our friends of mine decided that we wanted to have a mental health summit. So April 3rd of last year, we held our own mental health summit called Today I Decide. So if somebody wants to you know, go to f- check out a mental health summit with 10 different speakers talking about mental health. They can go to hashtag today. I decide. And it was a free summit for veterans, first responders and their families. So again, make no money off of it, but it was just something that we did. So people to realize they're not alone. So that's where the whole today I decide thing came. Well, Richard, it sounds like you're well on your way to creating that legacy that uh, you've talked about creating and, I appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us today. 
bro, I can't wait to have you come on my show, man. I want to go deep. I want to go deep, deep. That's perfectly fine. I believe we've got that set up for this Friday, and um, we've got an entire hour, as I recall. To uh, yep, it, it, it'll be however long it takes to get your story out there. It's not about me. It's about your story. Well, geez, that might be as long as the Iliad and the Odyssey combined, my friend. So <laughs> look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Absolutely.